if there is a God, why do all these bad things happen? This earth is his playground for us. How do you forgive someone? We all have people in our past who have taken advantage of us, but they all serve to make you who you are today. When you're starting out meditation, yes. in the beginning, is it okay to be, in a way, sort of like fearful of starting? Like, in a sense that you're, you're not, you always find a way to not do it when you're saying, hey, I want to start meditation. I know I've had that conversation many times, but I feel like there is a little bit of fear there to start it. And do you know why that is or why, like how you can overcome something like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that you have to understand, the fear doesn't belong to you. Fear belongs to your mind. Mm -hmm. It is your mind creating the fear. Beginning of meditation is also the beginning of the end of your mind's control over you. So mind knows that moment he starts meditating, he's going to start becoming his own master. I, who have had total rule over this entity, this human being, is now going to start trying to tell me who the boss is. So the mind is afraid. It's not you who are afraid. You are not your mind. That's also very important to remember. You are that which lies beyond your mind and beyond your body. You are that. But you have never known yourself other than that body and this mind. So you think this is who you are mind and body, but you are not that at all. You are that entity which is using this body of yours and this mind of yours. That's all it is. This mind is a computer for that entity to use, to navigate the world. This body and it is to sense and feel and live this world. It is very important. I'm not saying body is not important, mind is not important. But they have their own place. But when we sell ourselves to the mind, then the mind thinks, I am the boss. Who are, how dare you evict me from my rightful place as your ruler? And that's what, what the fear is. Fear is of this. This fear is the fear of your mind. Let me put it a different way. And I always give this story. You were given um, a dog to protect your house. Mind, you were given a brain. And then it, you became absent. So the landlord who owned this house and the dog, mm -hmm. he went missing. Now the dog thinks it rules the house. And after 20, 25, 30, 40, 50 years, you want to come home and say, I am the boss here, dog. Dog says, no, you're not. Yeah. So your mind has been poo-pooing in every room of the house, taking control over your behavior in every sense of the word. You are not as boss. So now you are deciding to come home. Obviously, the mind will be afraid. Now you're going to start taking control. Slowly, slowly, you want to take control. And that's what meditation does. 
meditation makes you capable of taking control of this dog of a mind. Saying, come under control, buddy. You, you've been a boss too long. And this is the thing with the mind. Mind is a horrible master. You start dancing to the mind, you will be a puppet all your life. But now you want to come home and be the master and you want to turn this dog which should have always been your servant into a servant. This mind is here to serve your journey, your soul's journey. As it experiences this world and the relationships and all the relationships with other human beings, with matter, with food, with uh, all of that, with children, all of that. But it must become your servant. So the fear doesn't belong to you, the soul. Soul is not afraid. Mm -hmm. soul, soul has infinite time. If this lifetime you want to spend under the control of your mind and body, so it's no problem. We'll come back another lifetime. See again. Mm. See again. Because that's what it is. It's, it just wants to have experiences. This is the difference in a young soul and an old soul. Old soul has seen this tamasha of world many times. It has had bodies many times. It has had this mind many times. Internally, in the deepest core of an old soul, they know this, bo this body and this mind is not what I'm about. Mm -hmm. Their soul is yearning for an expression. Of course, you are young. Yes, you get lost in the body and bodies. You get lost in achieving and, and you know, getting there and I must do this and I must do that and I must show the world who I am. But if you're an old soul, always know that your soul is yearning for an expression in your life. And it can only have an expression if the mind is brought to its rightful place. Its rightful place. And the meditation is a path to do that. Yes, you've been absent for a very, very long time. Yes, it will take time. Manjite Jagjit. Win your mind and win the world. Whoever wins their mind and makes a servant out of a mind have made their life success. So I hope you understand that whenever you feel that, yeah. your mind will never ask you to meditate. Mm -hmm. Mind can't. How can mind say, okay, I'll, I'll do harakiri today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll suffocate myself. Yeah. Because that's what this guy is going to do. Yeah. Right? He's going to make me into um, a servant. Mm -hmm. Mind never do wants that, especially because we have let it loose for so long. Yeah. Become a master of self. Master of yourself. That's it. That's all the key is. Yeah. On this path, I will say one other thing to you. There are many difficulties. Mind doesn't give in too easy. Yeah. And all the meditators here will tell you, Mind will not give in too easy. Mind has many, many defenses. Many defenses. And it will only bring out that defense which is needed. The first defense of a mind is procrastination. You know, I'll meditate. 
some some people come and they take meditation guidance from me initiation from me and uh, it's this friday evening i spent the whole friday evening trying to explain them how to meditate and then i ask them so when are you starting meditation and it's usually a trick question it's a trick question sir i will start monday morning you know they already lost they don't know that that their mind has already won the mind has already won procrastination is the first defense of mind second is okay you got over the procrastination you have now decided to sit down and you say i'm going to meditate a bit you are really hot so you decide that you're going to meditate so you now sit down you have never sat idle without any thoughts so moment you sit down all these thoughts start coming in because they see oh he's empty up till now he was watching tiktok instagram he was here he was there answering this call that call that call this call he was always busy oh he's free now we can attack him now with the thoughts every type of thought starts coming in every type of thought starts coming in and you go oh my god i haven't even thought about this thing for god knows how long i can't be the, the these thoughts are too much and most people give up meditation but you have to understand that's mind's defense also that's also mind's defense mind has many many defenses and it will keep defending itself till the end mind knows everything about you even things you don't know about yourself mind knows about you so it will use everything at its disposal mind is a is a man jeete jag jeete win the mind win the world yeah. come to meditation when you are ready yeah. okay. when it is a calling you say i need this mm-hmm. uh when you're thirsty when you're ready when you're ready when you're ready to be a warrior and um, and win this battle over your mind mind is um, is is a very very cunning foe it, it it knows you so much it looks for every little weakness you have see we human beings for every subject we have had a teacher mm-hmm. you want to learn mathematics teacher you want to learn english teacher you want to learn science teacher you want to learn, learn physics biology whatever you have teachers mm-hmm. but somehow our mind our ego feels um uh, how dare i ask somebody how to meditate um if you can find a teacher that you trust get instructions you need somebody who can look at you and see your energy and say do it this way there's also one really good reason to have a teacher a doctor and we have a doctor in the house a doctor can give you a water pill pseudo pill yeah. and just because doctor gave it to you it can cure you yeah. this is how crazy our mind is just because a person of authority gave you a pill that has nothing in it yeah. because they said this will cure you it cures you so having a teacher that you trust does the same thing somebody that you trust and you must trust them yeah. and that's the key that hey this person will guide me right yeah. then follow their instructions 
follow their instructions. And that's what I would suggest to you. I've been following your video on the meditation, trying to learn. In one video, you spoke about conscious mind and subconscious mind. So to some extent, I feel that for some moments, I can have my conscious mind not to think. But then how do you actually, you know, get into your subconscious mind? Very good question. What ordinary human beings, what we don't know is that our conscious mind, while it seems like, oh my God, it's so such a big circle, I can see this. Conscious mind is what, what we are aware of right now. What I'm aware of right now, I see all, all you beautiful people, etc. I see the walls, I see everything, and all the emotions attached to it. That's the conscious mind I'm aware of, my surroundings. We think it's, it's everything, but below this lies the unconscious slash subconscious. Subconscious is um, like an iceberg. What we see in the iceberg is just one-tenth. Nine-tenth of it is submerged under the water. Similarly, our conscious mind is only about one-tenth. Nine-tenth of our whole total mind is submerged below and it's called subconscious or unconscious. Now, unconscious is very, very powerful. It, uh, you think that it's not that powerful, but it is. It is um, like my heartbeat. Ever since we have all been sitting here and all my life, it has been regulating my heartbeat. When it needs more blood to be pumped, the heart starts beating faster. That's unconscious deciding it. Uh, or the subconscious deciding it. My breathing, whatever I, level of oxygen is needed, it's all controlled by your subconscious. And um, not only that, what also happens is a certain amount of your emotions, actually most of your emotions birth in your subconscious. Your state of being, uh, how you are presenting yourself to the world also emerges from the subconscious because things in our subconscious, things that happened long time ago are still buried there. They're still there. Somebody said something bad to you. That is still rattling around in there. Subconscious is also responsible for your dreams. All your dreams come from your subconscious. So what is subconscious? In your conscious state, everything that you see is deciphered very easily. Okay, that makes sense, that makes sense, that's good, that's good. You can digest it very easily. But in, during the day, certain things happen that you are not able to digest. Somebody said something sharp. You didn't pay attention at that point, but it's rattling around in your unconscious mind. Like, why did they say that? All that. Or, and this can be a whole accumulation of things many things that can happen. So they just rattle around in your subconscious and when you go to sleep, when you, your conscious mind has gone away, now the subconscious comes to the fore in the form of dreams and is trying to make sense of all the things that happened. Not only things that happened that day, but things that have, might have laid hidden inside your psyche from a long, long time ago. Even not only from your childhood, 
And if you believe in previous life, there could be material in your subconscious that is from your previous lifetime. So it's, it's a very powerful phenomena. And what a meditator tries to do, he tries to become transparent. He, there's a wall between the conscious and the subconscious. He tears it down. By just being meditative, you tear this wall down. So as you are in your deepest core, you are on the outside. And as you are on the outside, you're on the inside. There are no more hidden agendas. There's no more uh, underlying uh, things that you want to bring up. You know, there's nothing dictating your behavior. So a meditator naturally starts dropping the walls, the drapery that is hiding some of the things in their psyche. Some things we are proud of, some things we are not proud of. Now it starts taking away all those things, starts shining light on those things. Meditation does that automatically. If you don't free yourself from your unconscious, you cannot be free. You cannot be free unless you free yourself from your unconscious mind. And a truly spiritual person has very few dreams because there's nothing there that they don't address right away. So dreams tend to disappear in, a, in, a, in an enlightened being, there's no dreams. In a spiritual person, they become less and less. Only when something has uh, dramatic happen would that happen. So uh, dropping these walls between the conscious and the subconscious is, is not only a benefit of meditation, but it is what makes you truly you. There is no more hidden traps in your own being. So that's what I would probably say to you in that regard. It will happen. You keep meditating and over time you will find that there's a certain clarity has come in. You know, you meet some people, you can tell on their face that they have some, some knots. You know, like, like they have things that they're not fully present. They're not here, but they're holding on to something. There's something that is hidden, that is bothering them and all of that. That is all lying in their subconscious, unconscious mind that is all showing up on their faces. A meditator's face starts becoming luminescent because the inside light now starts shining through them. Clarity comes on their face. You can tell. Their eyes are clear. Their face is luminescent. And that's just a natural consequence of meditating and becoming a transparent being. This is who I am, inside out. As I am on the inside, I'm on the outside. And as I'm on the outside, I'm on the inside. I have no hidden agendas. I am just who I am. I have a question about meditation. So when you are meditating, that's one part of your daily journey. On the other part, what if you have to like still be competitive and like whether it be work or business or in school or like matching to a competitive specialty of some sort? And how do you balance that? Because that is 
it's like two different parts of you throughout the day that you experience one part you're calm and the other part you have to be you have to be like a tiger almost there's a young man that i know jimmy he captained canada cricket team and very competitive obviously to to make it to the world cup and to that level you have to be competitive and i understand competitiveness and i'll go to the most extreme explain that and then we'll come back towards your question where you just have to be yourself he also had a difficulty because you know you you get raised in a western society or any society nowadays and it's like how do i win over my competition how do i do this how do i do that i'll show them i want to put them down so that they never get up again how dare they this and that this is what you have to understand that he is a cricket player i told him and i had to learn this myself so i'm not something i'm telling him that was foreign to me without your opponent you don't have a game the game that you love yourself right so the opponent very least deserves respect and you don't need to kill your opponent but look at it differently do the same thing but have a different volition in your heart rather than say i'm going to bury them or i'm going to beat them really badly you say god has given me energy to play cricket I'm going to play the very best game against this person so that their game gets elevated. If I play at my best, then their game will be elevated. That's why you want to play against people even tennis, any sport you want to play against people who are better than you. Because when you play against people who are better than you, your game improves. So it's very important to understand that the other is very important. And at a certain point a meditator also reaches a point where he starts seeing that energy that's in me is also in my opponent. Yeah, I mean I remember once a championship match we were playing and we lost in the championship match and we lost to youngsters who were up and comers. and yes we were like all down but then i looked at all the youngsters who were over there celebrating their win and i felt elated that they get to experience win yes i lost but another piece of god won they're also pieces of god they won today this god had to experience a loss and hallelujah to that did i do my best yes did things didn't go our way they didn't go our way it's all good did they play better than us yes they did did they deserve to win yes they did and why can't i rejoice in their happiness so that's just one type of competitiveness that you can overcome if you're truly meditative trying to see the same god dancing in your opponents supposedly opponents right in a game of cricket nothing should stop you your meditation should never interfere in you being yourself but a kinder self you being yourself shouldn't have to run roughshod over other people that has to be avoided that has to be softened up yeah sure you can be you can be tigress 
you can be tiger. Whatever you want to be, you can be. But just understand that I also need to bring respect for other people who are in my vicinity, who are there. Um, they are both um, aspects of same spirituality. Here you have to compete and here you have to be chilled, relaxed, in meditative mode. So try to see oneness on, on both extremes, in both sides. That's how I, it, it, it has benefited me to see it that way. Uh, soon what happens is when you start seeing one God dancing in everybody, competition disappears. You still compete for the sake of the game because the rules for the game to be played, it says that I should give my best and you should give your best. But it does not mean that I need to trample on you or you need to trample on me. So, nothing wrong with that. And it comes with some practice because all of our life we have been told to achieve, achieve, go, go, go. Yeah, meditation. More and more you'll become meditative, you will understand that. More and more you will meditate. I tell people, your meditation is not, you're not meditating. If you say you're meditating, but your meditation does not go with you to work, does not go with you to your relationships, if it doesn't go into your friendships, your meditation must travel with you. It should never be left in your meditation room. If it's only confined to that room where you meditated, then you are doing something else, you're not meditating yet. Eventually, meditation will penetrate every aspect of your life. Even the type of woman you are, type of mother you are, type of sister you are, type of daughter you are, type of wife you will be, it will penetrate every aspect of it. Another way of looking at it is if Meditation does not give you love and the fragrance of love and compassion and understanding doesn't come in you, you're not meditating. Love should make you more meditative and meditation must make you more loving. They go hand in hand. They, they look like they're on the opposite sides of a mountain. It seems like you're trying to climb to God and one is starting from this side, love, and meditation is all in your mind, is starting from this side, opposite sides. But as you get closer and closer to the top, they get closer and closer. Closer to the peak, they merge. So Guru Gobind Singh Ji, in my humble opinion, one of those um, gifted souls that was born enlightened. Born, moment they were born, they were born enlightened. Many, many teachers became enlightened much later, but Guru Gobind Singh Ji was born enlightened. And he says, Meha Taram Purkhson Dasa, Vikhanayo Jagatamasha, which is a beautiful thinking. Now, there's few things to understand. I am a Das of God. I have come to this earth to see this Tamasha, this, uh, this play. Now, he uses a one very weird word for himself. He says, das. Das has no direct English translation. 
Thus, if you're looking for an English word, it can be a servant. But thus is not a servant. Thus is also not a slave. So a thus is somebody who with all their loving self and their most intelligent self has dedicated themselves to either God or to the teacher or to the guru. And that's a das. He who has willingly dedicated themselves to God. That's a das. So he says, I'm a das of that, of, of God. And I've come to this earth to see this tamasha that is happening here. Again, one beautiful word in here. He says, vikhanayo jagat tamasha. Vikhan meaning, I've come here to see it. I haven't come here to get lost in it, which is what most human beings do. They are lost in it. They get lost in the highs and the lows and the, and, and the spicy and the, and the sweet and all of this drama, the melodrama of this life. And we forget that we only came here to see this play. Soul of ours only came to experience this material dream. So that's what he is saying. But it's very interesting, he goes on later to show in the same thing that before this life, Guru Gobind Singh Ji is saying that I, I used to be a king of one of the um, uh, kingdoms in the mountains. And I gave up my, my kingdom to go and meditate in a cave in the Himalayas. And he said, I was meditating there on nothingness, on emptiness. And I was in a cave. And when I passed away, God said, you have to come back for one more thing, one more life. And that he remembered from his previous life. So my question is, how do you forgive someone if they don't acknowledge what has happened and you lose the communication with that person, but you still like see them? here and there. So how do you forgive someone for your own internal peace? Forgiveness. Number one thing to understand about forgiveness is forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Because before that you're carrying anything that is possible with that. You're not forgiving them. You have energy on them. You might not even like them. You might have, they might have done you harm. You're carrying all that baggage. So when you decide to forgive, you choose to take that load off your head that was weighing you down. You're going to now take that and put it aside. So number one thing to know about forgiveness is that forgiveness is necessary whether or not the other person has asked for forgiveness or not. Reason is, Sometimes people end up being the way they are. Maybe they abused you, they said something wrong to you. We don't know their past. Most of the times, the glimpse we have of other people is a very short glimpse. It's as if there's a movie going on. And this movie has been going on for 30, 40, 50 years in this theater. And it's a continuous movie. And you walked into the life. You walked in from one door, you walked through the alleys, 
uh, alleyways of the theater and then you walked out from the other door. You are judging them, their whole movie, on what you saw in that four, five, 10 seconds, 20 seconds of their life. So we never know where these people are coming from, what made them as they are. We don't know who or what abused them. I always have this story, like there was actually just a recent while ago, there was a story of this teacher that had uh, abused uh, a young boy. She was a, it was a female and she had slept with uh, this young boy and she was getting sentenced and people were throwing a lot of um, abuse at her, basically. But now, if you can take the story back and even expand it further, other than just this incident, you take it further, if you take it to her childhood and you find out that she herself was abused. So she, now you look at her a little bit differently. It might not be the same harshness you were looking at her before because sometimes we grow up in age-wise and society holds us responsible. But what we got hurt as a child lingers with us. It, sometimes what you got hurt as, as a child lingers in some people till they are on their deathbed. That's how powerful this society is and in doing to us. So f number one thing of forgiveness is that you say, hey, I don't know your whole story. You did me wrong, but I don't want to carry that with me. But there's also something beyond forgiveness. When you are forgiving somebody, it is still I forgiving you. It is still an act of ego. My ego got hurt by your ego. I choose to forgive you. It's a little bit hoity-toity. But if you come from love and understanding, saying, I see you as a piece of God, misguided might be, might be misunderstood, but I hold no judgment on you. May you find your peace. You can only let go of people by love and understanding. You let them go. If they're not, if they're not in your life and then they're not part of your life, sometimes it's easier to let go. But make sure you let them go with love because if you think you forgive them and it's your ego forgiving them, but they haven't made any approach or approach towards you and never said sorry, you're still going to carry that. And it's hard to forgive them because of that. But if you let them go, say, hey, I don't know your full story. I could never know your full story because the way you are might even be a lingering effect of your previous lifetimes. I let you go. I let you go with love. Thank you for what you gave me. I learned. And I, but I will not allow your negativity to resonate in me anymore. I will take this situation and turn it into love situation and let you go with love. Part of you does not want to let it go. If you know that this no longer serves me, then why would you carry it? 
some part of your being still wants to say, how dare they, they do that to me? How dare they did, did that to me? How dare they didn't ask me for apology, this, that? You are still carrying that. But know this, that that negativity no longer serves you. That negativity creates um, a botch. Uh, there's a blotch on your beautiful white soul. And it's just like a negativity circle that you don't need. Who needs that? Who, somebody said something. Sometimes people carry things where somebody said something to you. They themselves are oblivious. But you are carrying it. Or they did something to you and they have moved on, yet you haven't moved on. You are still carrying them on your shoulders, in your heart. It's not physically there, but they are there mentally. They are there emotionally. You must not allow them to have that type of power over you. And if you want them to give no power, you say, I know you haven't asked for it, but I, I, I'm beyond forgiveness. May you have grown from this. There's also another side to forgiveness. The person you are today and who you are today and what you are today is a result of that abuse also. Everything in your past has served you. Sometimes things in the past are difficult. Sometimes things in the past are difficult, but they make you who you are. Their negativity has served you. If you like the person you are today and where they have brought you, you have to thank everybody. You have to thank every person. As a matter of fact, sometimes you have to thank negative people more. Sometimes you take the goodness of our parents, goodness of our brothers and siblings for guaranteed. It doesn't even register. But yet we take the negativity of somebody who's not even related to us, yet at a much smaller scale, to our hearts. It's just our ego that is hurt. It's not, don't allow them that power. Let them go with love, saying, hey, thank you. I learned something from you. Make it a learning opportunity rather than a grudge-holding opportunity. Nobody's holding on to it other than yourself. Because you are a human being and not a machine, it's not like chop it off right here. You understand it. You say, I don't gonna want to give you any more power over me, and you let it go. But then when your ego becomes a little bit in that spot or something else that reminds you of, then it comes back a little bit. But slowly, slowly, you let it go with understanding and with love. Everybody served. I, you know, I will tell you on my part, I've had people who have played a tough part in my life, but I, I'm grateful to all of them. Grateful, absolutely grateful to every person that have abused me. And uh, we all have. We all have people in our past who have taken advantage of us or even done things to us that we didn't deserve at that time but they all serve to make you who you are today. They all served a purpose. And it's best that the karma be gone. See, I finished the story today. I let you go with love. Let this karma be finished here. Let this not continue no more. 
I just have another question. If there is a God, why do all these bad things happen? Like, what is the purpose of it? Let's say you were a parent. You loved your children. And you always kept your children inside. But your children wanted to play. So what do you do? You take them in your backyard. You build them a nice playground, right? You, you do a little fence around it. You put a seesaw there. You put a slide there. You put a swing set there. And then you even put sand all around it and a fence all around it. And you say, okay, children, you want to play? Go play in there. You close them inside the fence, fenced area and you can sit on the sideline and watch your children play up and down, down and up, seesaw. Sometimes they're up, sometimes they're down, and then they go, whee, they're enjoying themselves. They enjoy the highs and they enjoy the lows because that's what it is. So just imagine, think of God as your parent. And we wanted to play. We wanted to play. So this earth is his playground for us. This earth is his playground for us. If he knows that when you die, you don't really die, he knows that. He thinks you think that you will die when you die. But he knows that you don't die when you die. This is just a piece of clothing that you have. This body is just clothing. This is a computer system I gave you to navigate this world and play in this world. But nothing can happen to you. So he knows that. So this earth, this is all your swing set. The highs and the lows, they're all there for that. Good, evil, goodness, kindness. All of these things are here for you to have a genuine experience of this earth. Really, when you are going towards God, you're having an experience of light. When you turn your back to the God, you have experience of shadows. And that's all it is. It's just, this is just a playground. You're here to play. Play away. Play. Vikranayo Jagatamasha. You're only here to watch. Misery is necessary. Mm -hmm. Misery is necessary because it's all created through here. We forget why we are here. This play is made better by another rule that God has put into play. And that's called karma. If you do good, good things happen to you. You do bad things, bad things happen to you. So. There's, there's rules that if you decide to be good, the universe helps you become good. You decide to be bad, the universe helps you become bad. It's just we are children of God. And anything you want to be, it will help you become. Why? Because in the end, it knows that you will only be happy when you come home. You can travel as far away as you want. One day you're going to want to come home. Eventually everything comes from God and goes back into God. But, uh, you know, as I said, some of you guys are old souls. We are having experiences through life and learning our lessons. And that's what, what it is. So the, this playground has some rules. Rules are that if you choose to be miserable, 
misery will be your partner. You choose to be happy, things happen that make you happy. You want to be grateful, things will happen that make you grateful. You want to be entitled, things will happen that make you feel entitled. It's your choice. Choice is yours. You, you want to deny God? He says, go for it. Deny me all you want. You want to accept me? Accept me. He has infinite time for his children to play. You want to play for this life and 20 other lifetimes? Go for it. He has all the time in the world. Time might be a commodity for you and yourself and me and all of us. But it's not a commodity in God's world. He has infinite time. He, he can wait for his children to come home till the universe is gone. Because then there's other universes for him. It's not only here. It's just he has infinite time and we are his children. That's what you have to walk in this life with the certainty. I'm a child of this existence. I'm a child of God and I demand it. This is how Jesus Christ can say me and my father are one. Me and my father are one. Um, in, in Hinduism, even in the highest realization anybody can have is Ahem Brahmasmi. I am Brahma. I am the creator. That's the highest realization any human being can have. And even in, in Sufism, the highest realization is Anal Haq. I am the truth. But this is not a proclamation of an Egyptian king who is saying, I am the king. I am the God. No, this is, this realization only happens to the most humble. People who are humble, who are this of the earth, who are the salt of the earth. Humility, absolute, no baggage here. It happens to only those people who realize there is no difference in me and God. All difference was my imagination and perceived by my, my, my mind. There is no difference. Fish is born in the ocean. Came from the ocean. Its mom and dad came from the ocean. It eats ocean all day. It sleeps in ocean. It drinks ocean all day. Yet it says I'm thirsty for God. I'm thirsty for the ocean. What ocean? Where is the ocean? This is also the same thing with us human beings. We live in God. We are in God. We eat God. We sleep God. We think God. We, everything we do is godliness. Yet we have convinced ourselves we are separate. And then also time comes in certain souls. They say, I'm thirsty for God. What they don't know is you're surrounded by godliness. So to say you're surrounded is still saying it's far away. It is in you. It's in every molecule of you. It's never far away. He is in you. He's in you. So it's a different game that we have to play. But these, like I've told you about this, this is knowledge for you. You have to make it your knowing. That's the difference.
difference is when you know it for yourself that there is no difference between me and God. I am a piece of Him. I am not even peace. I am in Him, about Him. I sleep Him. I eat Him. I live in Him. I think in Him. Everything belongs to it. Then there is a total freedom. I'm free. I'm free. Different way to look at life. But it's the genuinely, genuinely real way to look at life. We'll just take five, ten minutes and just take a little meditation and then we can call it a day, guys. Okay. Right? Yes. Is that good with everybody? Yes. Okay, just find a comfortable place, comfortable spot, so you feel good. Everybody take some deep breaths. Fill your stomach with the breath. With each breath, go a little bit deeper into yourself. Become aware of how you're sitting. Become aware of the carpet below you. Feel the temperature of the room on your skin. Become present. Each in-breath to your stomach. Each out-breath, breathe through your heart. Hmm. Feel the traffic far, far away on the road. You feel the traffic. You are present. You are with your breath. Feel yourself in your body. Feel yourself established in your body. Feel your legs, arms. You are here. Gently connect her to the breath. Feel the bottom of your feet, the soles of your feet. Relax your soles. Relax your toes. Feel the top of your feet. Feel the top of your feet. Relax your ankles. Relax your ankles. Relax your shins. 
relax your shins. Relax your calves. Relax your calves. Relax your knees. Relax your knees. Relax your thighs. Relax your thighs. Relax your hamstrings. Relax your hamstrings. Relax your pelvis. Relax your pelvis. Relax your stomach. Relax your stomach. Relax your chest. Relax your chest. Feel your chest rising and falling with each breath. Relax your collarbones. Relax your collarbones. Bring your attention to the palm of your hands. Gently feel the palms. Feel the inside part of your fingers. Relax your thumb. Relax your thumbs. Feel the backside of your fingers. Feel how they're folded. Relax. Feel the back of the hand. Relax your hand. Relax your wrist. Relax your wrist. Relax your forearms. Relax your forearms. Relax your elbows. Relax your elbows. Gently connect it to your breath. Relax your biceps. Relax your biceps. 
relax your triceps relax your triceps relax your shoulders relax your shoulders feel your shoulders fall away from your neck let them relax relax your shoulder blades allow them to relax relax your rib cage relax your rib cage Bring your attention to the base of your spine. Feel the base of your spine. And gently bring your attention up each vertebrae at a time. You feel all the vertebrae of your lower back. Feel the breath filling your stomach and expanding your vertebrae. Relax your middle spine. Relax the top of your spine. Relax. Feel the top of your spine where it disappears into your brain. Relax. Relax your neck. Relax the back of your neck. And the side of your neck. Relax the side of the neck. Relax the front of your neck. Just relax. Relax your chin. Relax your chin. Relax your jaw. Let all the tension disappear from your jaw. Relax your teeth. Relax your teeth. Relax your lips. 
relax your lips, relax the area around your lips, relax your nose, relax your eyes, Relax your eyes. Allow your eyes to rest in your eye sockets. Relax your eyes. Relax your cheekbones. Relax your cheekbones. Relax your ears, relax your ears. Relax your temples, relax your temples. Relax your forehead, relax your forehead. Feel your forehead shining. Bring all of your attention to the top of your head. Feel your scalp. Feel your scalp. Bring your attention to the center of your scalp where the babies have a soft spot. Feel this area tingling You're connected to your breath. You're aware of your scalp. Feel the energy from your scalp reaching out to the sky and the stars and the space. from your scalp, from the soft baby spot, you're connected to the universe. You're connected to God from here. Feel the energy of the universe descending and coming into you from the top of your head. Feel it enter your mind and your brain and energize it with beautiful light. 
Feel the light energizing your brain, making you feel light. Now feel this light descending onto your shoulders, onto your chest. This beautiful light, radiant, You are bathing in it, like a shower from the top of your head. You are bathing in this beautiful shimmering light. You are connected to the whole universe. This connection is ever present. Stay here for a few minutes. Connected to your breath. Feeling this beautiful light. Take a deep breath and become present again. You are here, you are present. When you are ready, gently open your eyes. With gentle eyes, you're back. I bow to all of you. Mm -hmm.